Uh, we did, you know, some heart dissection and that was absolutely fantastic. And I thought, this is great. Our guest today, Michael Gooseman. I suppose the words you'd want every surgeon to say when they were at college. Welcome to the Geeky Medics podcast. Hello and welcome to the Geeky Medics podcast. My name is Josh Chambers and this podcast selfishly gives me an excellent excuse to interview interesting doctors and healthcare professionals from a range of different backgrounds. As I'm sure you know, medicine and healthcare is extremely vast in its opportunities and potential career paths. It can sometimes be daunting and difficult to know what certain careers are actually like in practice. With our guests, we drill down into why they chose the speciality they're in and what it's really like to do the job. In this episode, we're concentrating on cardiothoracic surgery, and we're joined by Mr. Michael Gooseman, a registrar in cardiothoracic surgery. I hope you enjoy. So uh, my name is Michael Gooseman, and uh, these days, I'm a cardiothoracic, well, thoracic registrar uh, in Yorkshire and the Humber uh, Deanery, and I currently work at Castle Hill Hospital uh, in Hull. I've uh, uh, basically I went to medical school uh, in Sheffield, and uh, I've actually stayed in Yorkshire throughout my career um, to the point now where, as you get towards the end of the uh, training, uh, it's it's been a very uh, sort of it's been a brilliant place to train and to, to learn um, and as well as sort of surgery probably my my other major interest or the thing I enjoy the most is is education mm. um, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed doing my master's in education a couple of years ago in yeah. Sheffield yeah and I suppose I'd like to start really by asking about your background in terms of you know uh, where you did your foundation years and, and your career sort of after that? So, so basically my, my uh, so I went to medical school with the idea that I wanted to do cardiothoracics. I remember watching, uh, there, was, there was two things. I saw a program on television about, well, it was actually about cardiac surgery. Mm. And uh, I also remember being in biology at, uh, at um, medical, uh, prior to medical school and mm. thinking, gosh, uh, we did, you know, some heart dissection, and that was absolutely fantastic. And I thought, this is great. So I went to medical school with the the potential that this, you know, and and actually while I was at medical school, I sort of themed my, um, you know, SSC, and I did an intercalated degree with uh, within cardiothoracic surgery. Hmm. Um, so even through medical school, it was all sort of tailored towards that. Then when I finished, I, I did an academic uh, foundation program and I, I wanted to do it in med ed. Um, and it gave great opportunity to, to be in the dissection lab uh, with a great anatomist. That he's a, he was a surgeon, fantastic anatomist, Mr. John Rochester in Sheffield, um, which was great uh, in terms of preparation or ongoing development in a career. And, and I, I found that great. I'd highly recommend uh, 
that sort of pathway to anybody who, who had an interest in surgery. So, so you did you did a uh, academic foundation post in medical education as well. Is that right? So yeah. So the, one of the, your rotations the, was was medical education. Yeah, yeah. and uh, which itself the, the greater allowed the opportunity to be an anatomy demonstrator. Mm. Um, so it was it was as well as doing being able to sort of do a PG certain med ed and uh, yeah. you know develop teaching that sort of thing. It, it was very good for me and certainly for the opportunity to be an anatomy demonstrator with the medical students mm. under such great guidance. You know, and uh, it was it was real a great opportunity. And I think the the way the dissections taught. Um, there in Sheffield was is fantastic um, I think it's great if you want to cadaveric dissection if you've got an interest in in mm. surgery and uh, I, I could only recommend that sort of thing I know since then probably the the structure of the foundation programs changed slightly I understand it's there's more emphasis on um, potentially general practice and community uh, mm. placements is that right yeah, I think um, you, in the foundation program, you'll have one, typically one rotation in the community, either psychiatry or, or GP, sometimes two, but I think, yeah. But uh, I don't know if that was the same when you, when you were doing no, it. No, it wasn't. So uh, I, I did uh, I did in my first job, um, in, or in, in the first year, I did um, urology, uh, care of the elderly, which I absolutely loved. I always knew I wanted to do surgery, but it was a fantastic uh placement and uh, you know I learned a lot about the care of the patient and the holistic mm. care and mm. then neuro neurology as well and then I specifically wanted to do this job because the second year included a job in cardiothoracics um, and orthopedics which has the trauma component which yeah would later on you'll need and and the med ed job so it was it was a great program uh, yeah yeah I felt very lucky to do it actually it gave me that sort of breadth but, of medicine yeah. and surgery and and things yeah yeah absolutely yeah um, and to get to get an academic foundation post is you know reasonably competitive as well and to do it in something you well to, to get a rotation in, in cardiothoracics and medical education is pretty impressive to get the two together um if you want well, to see this I, I felt i felt very lucky to do it and i think i learned a huge amount from it and actually that sort of provided a, a baseline to then go on and be competitive later on which sure you know, thoracics it is probably because of the that it's it's not a big specialty hmm. uh, and um, well I, I like to think it, it remains popular because i'm obviously very biased but it is a fantastic uh, hmm. fantastic career so i i suppose it's, it's probably fairly unusual for someone to go into medical school thinking they want to do cardiothoracics and and then not change your mind throughout as well. I mean, what what is it specifically about cardiothoracic surgery you enjoy the most? Or, or at least thought you would enjoy the most, I suppose. I think it was the thought that, um, you know, the two organs that, uh, you know, that have a huge amount in terms of, there's a lot of finesse in um, the physiology, the anatomy, understanding of, of um, how the things work to, and it, that was what I was thinking at that age, you know, mm. a long time ago. And I think that's uh, stuck with me. And the idea of being able to, to uh, 
to operate on these things just seemed uh, phenomenal to someone who at that stage was obviously, uh, you know, I, I didn't know what it involved so much, but it seemed such a, and I, and I remember the program I saw, you know, the, the change you was able to um, deliver to somebody mm. um, by doing operating on this sort of structure and, and, and the thought behind it. And I think what, one of the things about cardiothoracics is uh, it's if you've got sort of meticulous approach to it, both preoperatively in your assessment of your patient, uh, intraoperatively meticulous sort of technical uh, attention to detail, and then same in the post-operative period, you're able to do things, whether it's on the heart or the lungs, and see a great benefit for the majority of, of the patients that you look after. And I think for me, seeing that, uh, that change, uh, doing something, seeing a great improvement, I think is fantastic and very rewarding. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's many specialties where you see it, but it's, it's the whole appeal of, of what we do uh, in theatre, how you manage them pre and post-op. I, I just, you know, it's, it's a very... Um, cool speciality I think so I think so I think it's uh, you know again I'm biased but um, cardiac physiology you know respiratory it it incorporates a lot of different things Mm. Um, and again we we referred back to not being represented much in the undergraduate program but a lot of the aspects that cardiothoracics incorporates probably are covered you know Mm. I think whether it's you go on a cardiology placement or uh, a respiratory placement. And obviously I would say, and I don't know if this is the right time to say it, Josh, but uh, this, the sort of cardiothoracic surgery uh, itself, obviously in many, well, it's, it's in teaching hospitals. So you're not going to get it in your district general placements at medical school, Mm. but also it's often referred to from another, another hospital specialty. So cardiologists obviously refer uh, the work to the cardiac surgical side mm. and uh, the respiratory physicians will, will, and then we get work from oncologists. So the work comes from a different source of people and, and obviously ED. Um, mm. But uh, direct referrals from GPs are actually unusual. Um, yeah, I think the only time I have ever sort of dealt with cardiothoracics in a very peripheral way was it was on a respiratory ward when it was a, a pneumothorax which wasn't wasn't resolving um, with the chest drain. So then, as you say, was referred from a DGH and transferred to a you know a larger teaching hospital where whatever happened, something happened <laughs> at that point, point. Um, and that's sort of you know my only involvement in it. And uh, yeah, as you say. Um, yeah, there's not much in the undergraduate curriculum, which sort of probably not not puts people off, but people don't really know enough about it, which is you know why this is um, so useful. Um, I suppose uh, what you were saying about making a difference is quite common to surgery um, surgeons generally. When we were talking to Colin Brewster on the last episode, he, that's exactly the same thing he said: is the ability to make a change, you know, actually just perform surgery and change something immediately, and having you know a, a instant gratification that you've fixed something i mean what's what's different about cardiothoracic surgery from any other surgery or was is it i don't know it, 
to me, it sounds cool. <laughs> is that is that is that is that just simplistic? No, I'm, sure or... it, I, I'm sure it, it, it. You know, in any surgical specialty, I think you will get the same um, satisfaction or or the same approach of saying, you know, we've got this patient. You take them, whether it's operative or non-operative management, and what you hope for is a is a better outcome for the patient and. And I'm pleased to say that a lot of time that's the case, you know, you in surgery get bumps in the road um, and that's, again, part of the career and you, you need to come and embrace that. But uh, I, th I think, again, it's a very, an, an important point to make at this time is that cardiothoracic surgery is becoming more um, separated into the two components. So there's mm. been a move certainly, and I think, anybody interested in cardiothoracic surgery, I would recommend a couple of things, actually. Getting involved with uh, one of the societies, uh, the big societies in, in uh, cardiothoracic surgery, which are doing a lot more to support medical student involvement and increase, um, you know, junior doctor and those people who are interested. So there's the societies like, well, the European Society of Thoracic Surgeons, um, which you'll be able to get access to online and, and the UK one, the Society for Cardiothoracic Surgery. Mm. So I could only recommend that if you are interested, you go and have a look. And there's some great documents about workforce planning and um, uh, uh, how, how this specialty might look in the future, because as I was coming to initially, that it is starting to split in the sense that these days, most consultant appointments... Um, will either be in cardiac or thoracic surgery. Yeah. So that's been the change in the specialty in that uh, these days people, um, there won't be a move to say you will do cardiothoracic. Mm. It's you'll be either cardiac or thoracic. And as you said, you refer to yourself as a, a thoracic registrar. Yeah. You, you train initially in both, but I, I presume. Yeah. And, and absolutely. And currently still it is a joint specialty. And obviously mm. um, that, that, um, is is the case currently so you would do your fellowship um or your frcs in in cardiothoracic surgery but mm. uh, i think the, the general trend is that certainly at consultant practice and later in your training you'll do either one or the other um, i'm not saying that's the case for everybody and obviously um there are certain areas which still do both potentially for geographical needs um but uh that there are obviously as well, there's been a lot of developments in the specialty that's meant generally in surgery, subspecialization, you know, mm -hmm. uh, potentially. Which is, to... which is common amongst, yeah, surgery generally is, you know, I, from, from my yeah. understanding, subspecialization means people are better at the, those individual operations they perform. Um, well, and, and that's, uh, that's the, 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 been the move. And for example, in the thoracic side, the specialty itself has uh, has changed drastically, and you notice from through the program as you get towards the end of the training program, you've noticed changes in the surgical, you know, in the surgical discipline. So, for example, now in thoracic, a, a huge amount of work done by keyhole surgery, um, mm. as opposed to you know, so lung resections for lung cancer, which is a big part of the thoracic surgeons' work, is done is done by a keyhole surgery so yeah quicker recovery patients and there's been a big trial that has supported that and 
now there's robotic surgery, which is, uh, you know, I've started to get involved. And it's a fantastic, uh, again, mm. a fantastic development in surgery in general. Um, and, and these developments keep happening, which push up forward the specialty and mean you develop different skills. Obviously, yeah. operating in an open fashion is different to doing it via a VATS or a robotic. And, and it means you pick up different skills. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think. So, what is the training pathway then? Is it um, do you do your core surgical training and then after that move into cardiac? Is that so? For people doing it, um, the, the way it looks now is you do medical. This is my understanding. You do medical school, uh, then you do uh, foundation, and there are the main option. I don't know if this has happened generally in surgery, but certainly in cardiothoracics is the ST1 entry is now, uh, I think the uh, main option for entry as opposed to ST3. Both right. exist. And I think it's the Wessex Deanery uh, that has all the information about um, applications and shortlisting and, and what you'll need on a CV mm. uh, to be competitive. But ST1 entry means that the great thing with that is uh, or the, the, the strong point of that is if you're able to demonstrate an in, interest and enjoyment and uh, a specific desire to do cardiothoracics through medical school, which means you want to start early, you know, to show that you've been interested and you've done projects potentially, that's the direction of travel is ST1. There's still ST3, which means obviously you do core surgery. So there are both options. And, and so people in any situation, there's an option mm. uh, for that um, and obviously it's on the background at the minute that uh, the surgical curriculum changes in August which shortens the training time um, and is obviously going to cause another shift in the way surgical training is done but I, I, I can honestly say through my training it's been a brilliant experience so uh, mm -hmm. that's something I'd, I'd thoroughly recommend to anybody what what does the day-to-day -day job involve as a cardiothoracic surgeon so it's days are often days are often long but absolutely interested and varied so um you know if you're on call um you as a cardiothoracic surgical reg um it's a it's a day that's structured around obviously looking after the post-op patients on cardiac intensive care, um, which will be, again, it's great working. You work as part, as part of the surgical team and you work with intensivists, both general and cardiac. Um, you do a ward round there of patients who have undergone, the, the majority will have undergone obviously cardiac surgery, although some thoracic do um, for various reasons require an intensive care bed. Mm. And then you'll, you'll do your ward round, surgical ward round um, on the ward. And, and the rest of the day can be varied. If you're on call, you'll take a lot of calls from, again, managing these patients or calls from other hospitals with varied input for those patients who might need cardiac or thoracic surgery. Trauma is obviously um, a big, uh, you know, aspect of your call load you get mm. whether you do a lot of operative intervention not so much but a lot of, you do get a lot of calls asking for advice for rib fractures and uh, these sort of things 
Mm. And obviously, a big part of your working week will be in theatre. So, um, obviously, if if you depends which way you which side of the specialty you work, but most cardiac operations there'll be two major ones. So, a set of coronary a bypass surgery, mm. uh, valve surgery, a couple of those operations in a day, which will then involve you looking after them post-op. And thoracic, uh, you do a thoracic operating list, which again can be very varied with um, uh, you know, lung cancer surgery, as you said earlier about pneumothorax surgery. Uh, there's there's a there's a great deal of breadth in thoracic surgery. So you know, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned earlier about sort of lung cancer being a large, you know, work part of your job as a thoracic surgeon i mean with um immunotherapy and sort of more medical type treatments for it do you do you see that reducing in the future or i mean it's obviously it's one of the most common cancers but how do you see that sort of shaping what sort of interventions you do as a surgeon i think it's uh, i I think what we're very lucky with in surgery is that the the mdt structure Mm. um and uh, Lung cancer itself, I think we're going to see, or there's been an anticipation of a increase in thoracic workload because of lung cancer screening, which obviously yeah. had been rolled out, but with COVID in certain areas have been halted. And um, and uh, you say about other treatments, I think it comes as part of um, the package, you know, uh, operating in the setting of following immunotherapy. It just creates different challenges and mm. the, the big debate at the minute in thoracic surgery about these things of operating following different types of treatment and uh, you know how, how everything fits in together but I think the scope for thoracic surgery is 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 great mm. um, and uh, one of the moves as well is probably an increase in sort of uh, endobronchial uh, treatments so there's things like navigate electro um, navigational bronchoscopy uh which which surgeons are doing and the potential for treatment with that so uh, and then obviously the robot and and the so I, I just see thoracic surgery continuing to develop yeah and hopefully continuing to th- 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 mm. flourish if i can get the word you mentioned the the trauma as well. Would you know? Would you be, often be involved with the initial trauma call, or or is it usually something that you get referrals from ED with? It really depends on where you are, actually. And obviously, having been in different centres, uh, mm. you will. If you're in a centre where cardiothoracics is on site, then the the policy there may be that if the chest is involved, the the cardiothoracic um, surgical team is involved early in certain centers obviously if it's a trust with two separate sites which is quite common mm. um and uh cardiothoracics is on another site then obviously you'll be involved and you'll be involved early in discussions and then again it's discussing discussing with the ed or the trauma team about what injury takes priority and uh, you know so there's actually quite good thinking involved around it because mm. you know polytrauma where where's the patient best off how are we gonna and sometimes it means that obviously the patient moving or sometimes it means the surgeon going uh, somewhere and uh, i think it just adds to the variety of the specialty yeah yeah um, obviously the the trauma side 
is varied from blunt trauma and rift fractures, some, some patients requiring a sort of operative intervention with rib fixation. And then obviously you get your penetrating traumas and uh, these sort of thing, which, um, you know, might require, uh, they're rare, but they might require bypass and that sort of thing to, to sort them out if it's involving the heart. Or, mm. Mm. Um, what, what's the, what's the uh, most difficult aspect of your job? What would, what would put people off doing cardiothoracic surgery? I wouldn't like to say it put people off, but I think obviously the the surgery that in cardiothoracic surgery is a lot of it's major surgery, and it the risk is is has been you know with surgical innovation, it's you know patients it's very safe surgery, but obviously any major op any operation carries risk, hmm. and sometimes things don't go as you would hope um, and obviously that is a very difficult thing to manage you know and you you can do your best for a patient uh, things don't go as they they as as you would hope or you get complications and these are the things that stay with you so uh, that can be quite difficult and and so particular cases which for whatever reason just stick in your mind and yeah I, th I think you always get cases you know where you'll do an operation or you'll you'll do something and and things obviously complications come part of the surgery and as part of the disease process that people are suffering mm. as well Mm. And you know you build a great relationship with the, with your patients, and they come to trust you to do the operation, and to be involved in the care. And then when things don't go as you hoped, obviously, and and people, if they end up critically unwell, you're involved in the care. It's it can be a very difficult process, but as well, I think you ought to in a surgical specialty. Um, I think it's part of being able to do or rise to the challenges is, is by managing these problems when they arise. But obviously it is, it can be difficult. And mm. uh, that would probably be the only thing I would say, you know, because uh, obviously each case you want, you, you, you know, you do everything to make sure it does go well. As I come back to the preoperative planning, assessment, building a good rapport with your patient. Yeah. And then you follow the principles in theatre of uh, a meticulous surgery you know, everything you're trained to do, nice tissue handling, try and minimize any, any bleeding, these sort of things. Then you look after your patient, but post-op, and if things don't go, it is, it could be very hard to take. And, and you know, that is something that uh, you will face in cardioplastic surgery. Mm -hmm. And I suppose to, to, to counter that then, what is the, the best bit? Well, I think, again, it's, it's just being able to, um, I'm not on the cardiac surgical side, but, uh, you know, in that specialty, if somebody's getting a severe angina or symptoms of heart failure from a, 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 a leaky or incompetent valve, mm. stenosis, you go and do an operation, you can drastically change both their prognosis 
um, and their symptoms, and you can really improve. And, and you know, the colleagues who do that work is you can see a real huge difference in their well in their in the patient's yeah. quality of life and outlook, and that's such a rewarding feeling. At the same mm. time, being able to you know effectively remove somebody's cancer and change their prognosis and uh, or as you say go back to a patient with a pneumothorax if you're young and you've got problem you know you're in hospital you can go in theater a relatively um you know small operation and you can really um change that person's again yeah yeah, yeah. And, having it, and, and that is fantastic feeling you know you mentioned earlier uh, earlier about the the long days. I mean, what's the work life balance like? <laughs> I think I think you can find yourself. Uh, I think it's a great specialty with very supportive. Um, you know, people know that it's a, it's it's a, can be a long day. So I want to. I don't want people to be put off by that. I think anybody, if you're considering it, you should you should experience it. And, you know, I know there's many supportive units and many supportive colleagues who would happily have people that taste the work. So I will provide. Mm. But obviously, and I think possibly it is the, the, the certainly my, in my nature, I, I get really, I, I love work and it's almost, uh, I mean, my job is, is uh, something I, I, I could quite happily, you know, I, I get, very much involved in it and, and you know thoroughly enjoy it so you can yeah. find yourself being there quite a long time um, but I, th I think it all comes down to the fact that uh, if you want things to go well it's preparation and uh, if you obviously afterwards I think my thought is if I've operated on someone I want to be around to look after them and you know that that is is a it's just, you know, the way I am. If you've done a major lung resection on somebody, then do you want to be around? Make sure they're okay. Getting out of recovery. Yeah. Are going well. That's just, it's just um, the way I feel I do things. And I've got many brilliant colleagues who, who do the same. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Earlier you uh, said about your care of the elderly placement being really good and um, enjoying it. And, you know, actually it sort of teaching you that holistic side to medicine i think sometimes hopefully it's fair to say surgeons have a a stigma am i would i am i allowed to say that uh, slightly and i'm and I'm, I'm not I, I haven't really done a surgical rotation but but what's your thoughts really on the reputation surgeons have i think i think it's um, you know i think these these days I think we've got such a, I think surgery's definitely changed. I'm sure, you know, um, in the sense, if you look at what the Society of um, Cardiothoracic Surgery are doing at the minute in, in promoting, um, you know, I think as we speak, really, there's a women in surgery um, committee being formed, which is fantastic. And, and the, the, uh, the surgical, um, I, I just I don't see it exists anymore as, yeah. as you know even this this idea of uh, a surgeon I I would say is like you say has, has changed greatly and it and it's it, 
it's a it's a wonderful thing that uh, we've got so such a diverse group of colleagues who again all bring different things to to um, to the team, and I think it just really does benefit the patients. So uh, yeah, you know, I would say anybody who, who and again, I don't even know how to describe this this idea, but I, I do know what you mean. That when I was at medical school, there was you know, but I think surgery is a really supportive, a very much a team orientated, very you know diverse group, and 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 I think it's uh, it, it's a fantastic um, thing, and and cardiothoracics is is absolutely right at the forefront of that. So, I mean, I I think. The last half an hour of talking to you, um, discussing uh, how much care you take to, you know, with your patients and things. It was obviously, obviously not true at all. But um, yeah, as you say, there is sort of, I think, possibly more as a medical student, maybe the odd consultant, but it's the same with medicine as well. You know, it's all those sort of things are changing, which is brilliant. Um, yeah. We, I wanted to ask a quick question because it, it's quite nice to, while you're here, um, ask about your you did a master's in medical education is that right i did a master's it yeah in education in um, education yeah yeah i did it uh, in sheffield yeah yeah and, and sort of what benefits did you see in in doing that you know if, if someone's interested in education and and uh you know perhaps looking at a um a certificate in education first a postgraduate um, certificate what what sort of things you know why did you do it did you enjoy doing it uh, to be fair I love the idea of, of teaching, you know, mm. I think I couldn't have done a different career. I, I'm so, again, so lucky to be a doctor in surgery and the, the, the enjoyment I get from looking after the patients is, is just huge. But after that, I think being able to teach someone and see someone progress and develop in a very positive way is fantastic as well. You know, the, the idea of showing someone their first procedure mm. or the, you know, explaining something that maybe is not been you know something they've struggled with yeah, yeah is great and and i i enjoyed that idea all well i think it's just from being at school isn't it if you get a good teacher who explained things i had a teacher in biology again i go back to having this heart that we cut off and uh, mm. he was brilliant you know absolutely just made these concepts seem straightforward and probably carried that through and then um, I mentioned, obviously, the anatomy demonstrating and how that was taught. And I think uh, I, I really enjoyed the um, idea of having that as part of a career. And obviously, uh, in surgery itself, you know, you know, you want to be trained, you want to develop in, in theatre. Um, and, and there's some great initiatives in surgery at the minute, the, you know, by the Faculty of Surgical Trainers. And uh, um, I, in fact, I work for the director of the faculty, Mr. O'Regan, and he's another, he's a person who greatly advocates training in surgery. He, I think he was the, um, devise, uh, devised the Silver Scalpel Award in, in uh, so, I just had an interest in in mm. in teaching, and I would wholeheartedly recommend any. I think it's it's a very rewarding aspect to to surgery, yeah. really. So. Yeah, I've always been curious. I'm just I'm just how do you exactly learn an, on an operation? Is it purely just you know watching 
hundreds of them and just doing more and more of it or is it is there like textbooks of how you do an operation I think I think it's a process isn't it you know it's, it's a very fair question but I think initially if you're going to operate on someone you need to know your anatomy and you need to know the indication for operating because mm. you know it's all right to do an operation but you have to do it for the right reasons and so you learn that and obviously that's again you know in your surgical training seeing you know the team structure which i think is a huge asset to surgery mm. being working as part with people who are more experienced um and and learning how they approach it so then um obviously being in theater and and it's basic surgical skills initially you know because mm. It's not something that, um, you know, picking up a scalpel and, and uh, uh, you know, like a knife and fork, scissors and forceps or whatever. It's, it's, uh, it's something that you just develop. Mm. And I think in the right supportive setting and, and surgical training really is like that is, you know, you can find yourself really progressing through. Yeah. And, and before you know it, it it's it, the, the surgical draining is long, but you, you, you find yourself at the end of it doing operations independently. And it's yeah. really, really. That feeling warm. must be. Uh, yeah, it's, it's frightening. To, it's, uh, it's, to it's open fantastic. someone up and then close them and, you know, yeah. be able to just. It's exhilarating, but, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's the product. And actually, the time passes a lot quicker than you think. And it, mm. it's a great journey. So, mm. uh, you know, I could only fully recommended and, and as I say I suppose the thing in cardiothoracic there's a lot of people who will quite happily uh, you know provide advice provide experience because you know, it doesn't get featured too much in undergraduate or, or yeah. you know foundation years and, and just look for the opportunities really so final question uh, can you uh, sell sell the career to anyone listening now uh, in three words <laughs> three words um exciting varied and challenging i'd say you know because and i think it's um, if you're the sort of person who enjoys challenges it's great you know so mr michael gooseman thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and uh it was so interesting to hear well as i said earlier how cool how cool your job is but but actually i hope uh, people listening to this, medical students listening to this, might consider it as a potential career. So, so thanks again for, for joining us. As do I, and I really appreciate that, Josh. Thank you. Thank you again for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to hear more from us, please consider subscribing through your podcast provider. You can also follow Geeky Medics on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. As always, we'd love to hear from you with suggestions on who you would like to hear from next. As always, thanks to the producers, Emma Harvey and Lewis Potter.